Legally Blonde, Suits, My Cousin Vinny. All badass lawyers, all different. Which begs the question, what type of lawyer do you want to be? Don't waste another second thinking, ugh, I don't even know what types of lawyers there are. Trust us, we've been there. Let's put a stop to that once and for all. Go take the 90-second quiz from new lawyer now what coach Angela Vorpal to give yourself a clear picture of the best fit type law for you. Go to www.whattypeoflawyerquiz.com and take the quiz today. Once you've taken the quiz, send us a DM on Instagram to let us know what type of lawyer you got. We can't wait to hear. And welcome back to the Ladies Who Law School podcast. I'm Sam. And I'm Haley. And we are so excited to have our first guest ever. Um, She's a lawyer here in the U.S. based in New York City who focuses on IP, social media, commercial, immigration law, but predominantly in the fashion industry. So, yeah. She went to FIT for her undergrad studied business, then went to Cardoza School of Law, got her JD, lives in New York, and is currently getting her LLM at Cornell. Um, She's also been featured in Harper's Bazaar, Elle, Glamour, Vogue. What? So, yeah. Help us welcome Miss Anna Anna Radke. My name is Anna Radke. I'm an attorney based in New York. I'm originally from Poland, but I moved to uh, New York to attend Fashion Institute of Technology where I got my degree uh, in fashion merchandising. And then I went to law school, ultimately graduated from uh, Cardoza School of Law. And I'm also pursuing my LLM at Cornell. Very cool. So what's your LLM in? Um, I'm graduating in two weeks or Ooh, so. Congratulations. <laughs> congratulations. Thank you. And it's an LLM in law, technology, and entrepreneurship. Uh, so I decided to pursue it because a lot of my fashion clients, they started collaborating with tech companies. And I just wanted to understand um, this business better so I can serve them better. That's so cool. So tell us a little bit about what that's been like. Uh, I am in that and then serving your clients. Yeah, it's been uh, pretty overwhelming at times because I really stepped outside of my comfort zone. For example, I learned how to code in Python uh, during this year. Oh, Um, wow. And also took some business classes, which were a little familiar to me because you know I have a business degree from college, but generally um, I'm really grateful for the interdisciplinary approach that Cornell offered because we worked in teams with uh, MBA students and engineers, and it really opened uh, or like broadened my perspective about this business. So I was able to work in teams, and I really learned that it's important to understand um, the business and how to work with people. Uh, from other backgrounds, uh, non-legal backgrounds. Yeah, for sure. So tell us a little bit about Cardoza and your like law school experience. So um, it's pretty uncommon for a foreigner to go to law school. Yeah. So it all started uh, during my junior year of college um, when I took a fashion law class with Professor Guillermo Jimenez. He's the co-author of, I guess, the only fashion law textbook uh, right now. Uh, And he sort of inspired me to go to law school because he thought I was good at writing. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so I took the LSAT, uh, which, you know, it's yeah. pretty, yeah. <laughs> we, we get that on a very personal level. Yeah. Yeah. It's an adventure. And then, um, I applied to different law schools and, uh, initially went to Indiana university, Mar school of law, uh, because I got a scholarship there. Uh, so, uh, it was a pretty obvious choice for me, mm-hmm. but I moved out of New York city and I'm a New Yorker. So mm-hmm. it was a different experience for me. And um, then during spring, um, I had breakfast with Professor Barbara Colson, who's um, a colleague of Professor Jimenez and also co-authored the textbook with him. And she sort of inspired me. Why don't you come to Cardozo? You have a fashion background and Cardozo is famous for fashion law. Mm-hmm. So uh, I applied to transfer and got in and, and that's how I ended up there. Very cool. That's a really cool story. So when you applied to transfer, it was in the spring before you got your grades or was it during the summer before the fall? Mm, it was, I don't remember the exact timing, but it happened during the summer after my 1L year, okay. uh, which was a little stressful because I already had my friends mm-hmm. and I loved IU. It was probably just not the best um, non-urban setting for me. And especially because I wanted to uh, specialize in fashion law and I knew that I would have to intern and things like that. And I wouldn't be able to do it, you know, out of Bloomington. Um, So, yeah. Uh, But it was pretty stressful because, you know, after one year, a lot of things happen, like uh, journals and things like that. So, yeah. yeah. (laughs) So what was one of your, like, first internships that you had when you went to Cardoza? Um, Actually, my first internship was right after Bloomington. Mm -hmm. It was uh, with a law firm called The Fashion Law Group. Uh, in LA. Uh, and it's a law firm that now we're branded. It's called Brown Council. And I ended up working with them again. Mm-hmm. Um, and while I was in New York City, um, I interned uh, at Thomson Reuters. So it was more media related, but still IP related. And then um, I was at Coach. And then in the meantime, I also interned at a big law firm in corporate and IP departments. Uh, but in Poland, in Warsaw, yeah. Oh, oh, that's so cool. That's very cool. So how did you go about getting these internships? Like, do you have any tips for current law students that are looking for internships, possibly in fashion law? So I was lucky enough because Cardozo, you know, is very well connected with uh, different fashion companies. So it was easier because uh, these positions were just um, advertised through our simplicity system. I'm sure that a lot yeah. of students mm-hmm. have the same one. Um, but I think that the best way how to do it is to network, uh, cause I would just, you know, never get to meet Barbara Colson probably would never end up at, uh, at Cardozo if, you know, I didn't have these connections with, with professors. And then I was connected with different fashion attorneys on LinkedIn. I remember that, uh, even when I was still at FIT in college, I decided to reach out to professor Charles Coleman, he was at the time at NYU and he had a sent, I don't remember exactly the name, the center for, of the research, for the research for fashion law and society or something like that. So I started uh, writing different articles for him and he sort of introduced me to this um, fashion law community as well. Wow. That's awesome. So you kind of knew once you went to FIT that you wanted to continue on the fashion track. Um, I think so, because um, I already had experience in the fashion industry, and I've noticed that um, the legal industry is just changing, mm-hmm. and 
clients are expecting for you to understand their business. So for me, I serve as an outside counsel to many many brands. So their expectation is they don't want to um, explain all the business intricacies behind the deal. They expect me to know it. And also, I assume it's very different to discuss um, some legal issues with a person who's in the fashion industry or in the creative industry. And it's different, for example, in pharma. So I don't have this experience. And I don't know if I'll be able to serve a pharma client as well as I can serve a fashion client. Yeah. So do you think you found yourself in fashion because you liked it or it was just what something, you know, or did you ever want to do something different? Well, you know, uh, fashion law is pretty much everything tailored to the fashion industry. So it's still IP, employment, international trade, corporate. I don't do everything, but, you know, I feel like a lot of these skills are transferable. Mm -hmm. So um, I still can, you know, draft a licensing agreement for uh, a person from a different industry, but it's just, I'm not going to understand the business so well, but if I want to do it, I can just spend extra time and, you know, um, learn the business and how to navigate issues in that business. Um, but you know, uh, definitely be open-minded, especially in today's economy and yeah. just build a strong skill set. For example, for me, uh, the main areas of my expertise, I think it's still IP, so trademark and copyright and general corporate commercial transaction law. Uh, So I think that, you know, I can take on clients and just, (laughs) you know, uh, in these areas, but they don't necessarily have to come from the fashion industry. Uh, And now with my tech background, you know, I've also sort of ventured out to, to the IT world as well. So are you currently just solo practice? Or are you part of a firm or do, like what, what do you, exactly do you do on a day-to-day basis? Yeah. Yeah. So first of all, I'm a full-time student. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, I still was able to consult some clients, but I focused on, on graduating from Cornell, Cornell this year. Mm-hmm. Starting uh, June 1st, um, I'll be somewhere else, but I can't disclose it yet. Okay. <laughs> oh, very cool. That's very super cool. exciting. So, I mean, obviously going off of everything you just said, I feel like keeping an open mind, having those transferable skills is so important. What other tips do you have for young attorneys and people coming out of law school, coming out of getting like you, even your LLM and going into the workforce? Like, what are your tips for us? Um, I think, first of all, law school uh, equips you with various skills. So if you don't want to be a traditional attorney, it's okay as well. Uh, there are many different you know, fields where you can work and, and you'll be really good at. But if you want to be an attorney, then first of all, just build a strong legal skill set. I think it will, <laughs> it's very, a very universal um, suggestion, but, uh, but this is what will help you succeed in your career. And just persevere and network, and eventually um, you'll be serving clients from the industry you're passionate about, or you'll be at a firm uh, that really inspires you. Yeah. So, kind of tell me what the legal skill set is in your mind. Well, first of all, um, just pick a field field you're really interested in and just focus on it. So, for example, I get a some certificate from Cardozo and IP because I just took so many IP classes. So maybe um, 
once you finish your 1L year and during your 2L and 3L, just take classes that really interest you and take many classes so you understand what you're good at. Um, and then besides this legal knowledge and legal foundation, I think it's very important to uh, polish your writing and speaking skills uh, because uh, these are some soft skills that make uh, a good attorney. And then also your... Um, you know, your networking skills, the way you communicate with people and uh, just try to be a well-rounded person and be mindful that you might be working with people from various industries and they might not understand the legal language or um, they will not understand all the issues. So just being able to communicate um, all these issues in a clear way, uh, it's a very useful skill. Nice. I think that'll, that's really good information, mm-hmm. you know? Break it down for everybody, <laughs> including myself. So um, what made you decide? Because you said you're originally from Poland, correct? Mm-hmm. So what made you decide to come to the States and move to New York and go to FIT? Well, that's a good question. I think that I really wanted to work in the fashion industry at the time. And uh, there were no fashion schools in Poland at the time. Uh, so I just, you know, researched some schools in Europe or in the U.S. and um, my brother also went to college in the U S and he played basketball. So I was kind of like inspired by his journey. And, um, I used to play basketball myself. So I came for a summer camp here and, and I really loved it. So it was in Chicago and, mm-hmm. and I loved the Midwest at the time, but then I was crazy enough to apply to a school, uh, in New York city. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, moving from a mid-sized town in Poland to New York city, uh, was quite a quite an adventure. Yeah. yeah. And um, since you were in fashion school, what do you think you learned in fashion school that helped you in law school? Definitely persevere, because it was not a regular college experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, we interned all the time. Uh, we had uh, eight nine classes every semester. It was a lot. It was a very practical experience, and also. Um, we had a lot of uh, project group projects. So I think that it taught me how to work in teams, which was very, uh, very good for law school. Um, I think that um, the only skills I had to work on prior to going to law school, the summer before going to law school, uh, were my writing skills because we didn't have so many English classes, uh, you know, and I was a foreigner. But then I guess that I really got my confidence during my legal and writing, legal writing and research class mm-hmm. um, at IU. And I think I got a second score in my class in grammar. And I was like, oh, I can, I can do it. <laughs> I can yeah. do it as a foreigner. And, you know, and, uh, and I was competing with my classmates who, whose English is native language. So I was proud of myself at the time. Yeah, that's awesome. That is. That is one of my classes that. I think I've grown the most in for sure. You just see yourself develop as a lawyer in legal research and writing. Yeah. We just finished that class. So yeah, I love the class, you know, it's really, it's a practical class. Very much. So everyone says it's very important. And based on the skills you said, it seems like that is the case. So since you work in fashion law, like who is your typical client? Like, is it a brand or is it like, who, who is your client usually? Yeah, most of the time uh, I represent brands, okay. uh, so companies. But um, 
sometimes occasionally it happens that I also represent individual professionals mm-hmm. who, for example, are about to start their own company or join a company. So I might negotiate an employment agreement or, you know, an uncompete clause or things like that. What are certain skills that you think people that want to be in fashion law like need to definitely know? And IP, because mm-hmm. I feel like that's huge with yeah, fashion, like because I think of like an, a new designer coming to you and being like, I need to make sure that I'm good to go. Can you help me? Wouldn't that be kind of like IP or is that? Yeah, it, it can uh, entail IP issues as well. But I think there are a lot of trademark and copyright attorneys. Uh, but if someone wants to work uh, in fashion law and focus on something different, then he or she might try to do international trade because it's really growing mm-hmm. um, or even patent law because more and more, um, you know, uh, fashion items are afforded patent protection. Uh. But not everyone can do it, right? Because you need to have a science background from, from college in order to be eligible for the patent bar. Uh, but I think that um, these uh, attorneys are uh, really in demand right now. So if someone has this background and is interested in working and in breaking into fashion law, that it might be a good way to to do it. If they're interested in patent, because patents is basically, like I said, with the new designer example, they would want to patent their designs. Yeah, some designs uh, can be subject to patent protection, but generally... Um, IP protections for fashion designs in the U.S. is sort of limited. So, for example, you can trademark a logo. Um, some unique designs may be subject to copyright protection, like uh, some parts of the designs. For example, um, you know, a piece of, a, I don't know, like a very unique collar or like a yeah. part of a belt. Uh, it's called the doctrine of conceptual conceptual separability, but generally uh, there's limited IP protection for for fashion designs uh, per se. Mm, very I interesting. Yeah, I didn't either. Um, it's funny because back in college, I had read up on fashion law and I was really interested in it, but I didn't know that you know if I didn't go to a school that focused on fashion law. Um, what are ways that people can get involved if their school doesn't really have those kinds of connections? We'll be right back. Hey guys, we want to take a moment to talk about something that has been a game changer for us busy lawyers, Audible. Yes, Audible has been our go-to platform for incredible audiobooks, offering an extensive library of thrillers, nonfiction, autobiographies, and mysteries. And guess what? We've got a special treat for you. Audible is offering a free trial to our listeners, and all you need to do is check the link in the show notes. It's the perfect opportunity to experience the magic of audiobooks without spending a dime. Speaking of thrillers, I know you're currently hooked on Never Lie by Frida McFadden. Samantha, can you tell us a little bit about it? Absolutely. The twists and turns in Never Lie have kept me on the edge of my seat during the workday and even when I'm on my daily walks. It's like having a suspenseful companion wherever I go. And for those looking for some financial wisdom, I have been engrossed in My Money, My Way by Kamuku Love. It's packed with practical advice on managing finances, perfect for anyone trying to navigate the complexities of money management. What we love most is the flexibility Audible offers. As lawyers, our schedules can be unpredictable, but with Audible, we can enjoy our favorite books on the go. 
whether we're stuck in traffic, hitting the gym, or waiting for a court hearing. So if you're ready to embark on a literary journey and discover the joys of audiobooks, click the link in the show notes to start your free trial with Audible. Trust us, you won't want to miss out on this fantastic offer. Yeah, I said uh, the first thing I said is you should network. So just connect with different professionals and think whether you would like to work in a law firm that has a fashion law practice or whether you would like to go in-house and then just network with uh, with these individuals. And I think that if you focus on international trade or in patent law or trademark law, and then you want to serve fashion clients, then just go into a law firm that has a fashion law practice and just, you know, maybe go to some conferences or events uh, related to fashion law and then you'll be able to to grow your knowledge about the business and eventually uh, get your clients. You know, what is like your day-to-day as an attorney look like? I think as like a young 1L, I'm just curious, like, what do you do every day? Well, you know, it's pretty, um, pretty basic. <laughs> I mean... Yeah. It's uh, emails, calls, you know, um, I'm in a smaller firm. So uh, now I'm able to, you know, to talk to clients. But I think I was at a bigger firm before and then I wasn't able to talk to clients as much. But uh, communicating with clients is a big part uh, of my job and just creating strategies. And then, you know, uh, just writing uh, (laughs) different legal memorandums or like, you know, drafting contracts. Um, legal memoranda or um, drafting contracts and um, you know negotiating these contracts and filing trademark applications and since I'm a foreigner then I also uh, you know get different visas for people who are willing to work in the fashion industry here in the US Uh, so things like that it really it really varies but it involves a lot of talking and writing (laughs) very cool Um, did your day-to-day life change a lot when quarantine started or did you were you able to just keep up with everything from home yeah I mean I'm a transactional attorney so uh, it's easy to do things from home Uh, I think it's different for for litigators yesterday my colleague called me and he was like do you know how to use Skype for business because I'm going to have a deposition over it oh my gosh (laughs) uh, but yeah so there are various challenges obviously I can't I really appreciate like one-on-one contact uh, and now I can do it through Zoom, but it's different than in person. Uh, And, you know, I can't uh, go to so many events and network. I can still do it on Zoom, but it's different. And I feel like it's more tiring, but I'm lucky enough that I can uh, do my work, uh, you know, on my computer and working from home or from an office, it's pretty much the same. And and when obviously you're not in quarantine, you know, before quarantine and when it's over, what are your favorite things to do in New York City? Oh, good one. Hmm, Yeah, a good one, because there are so many things. (laughs) I see. I've been to New York City a few times, but I still I feel like I haven't seen anything. You know, there's just so much. Yeah, I guess you have to focus on the neighborhood, you know, and just explore it because every neighborhood is so much different. But, you know, I like uh, small live concerts and I like going to restaurants. I'm a big brunch person. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So I hang out with my friends and and I miss that a lot. Yeah, for sure. What's one of your favorite neighborhoods in New York? Well, um, I love Brooklyn. So I love Fort Greene. 
and Park Slope areas. Uh, yeah. And in Manhattan. Yeah. I, I like downtown Manhattan better than, you know, uptown Manhattan. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just try to avoid all these touristy places like Times Square or of course. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, I feel like staples. Should... So when you come, like go and see them. Yeah. But... Do you see yourself staying in New York forever? Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but you never know, you know, yeah. life is, uh, I mean, we have to adapt to change. Like maybe one day I'll start a family and then, you know, I don't want to yes. be going down the subway stairs with a stroller or things like mm-hmm. that. So you never know. Maybe uh, I'll venture out, but uh, I love exploring. So yeah, we'll see. Very cool. Very cool. Well, thank you so much for this. Yes, I thank you. The tips were amazing. I love just hearing what you do every day and what fashion law entails. I think it's going to be great for the listeners. Yeah. I mean, I think it's such a niche and um, especially like I was interested myself in fashion law. So thank you so much for having me. Of course. Mm-hmm. Well, Anna, thank you so much for coming in on Zoom, Zoom and, <laughs> and chatting with us today. So feel free to tell the listeners a little bit um, where they can find you and all that. Okay, you can follow me on my Instagram. I post daily updates there about what I'm doing at A N I A R A D K. So, Anya Redke. <laughs> Perfect. We'll link um, your website and your Instagram in the show notes so people can go follow you and check you out and see all the publications that you've been in. Because yeah. um, we obviously stalked you a little bit and looks like you're doing some really cool things. Yeah, so. for sure. So can't wait to see what ends up happening with your career. I know you said you couldn't really disclose, but we can't wait to see what happens. Yes. So thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Wow. That was a great, great interview. Yes. I really like her. She's super cool. Yeah. I mean, like I was telling her, I've been interested in fashion law for literally so long. I just never knew how to do it without going to school in New York. And obviously that's just that wasn't in the cards for me. It would be number one, too expensive. And number two, I don't know what school I would get into, but But yeah, you just so happen to move to the state closest one of the other closest States, LOL, Texas. Yes. And she made a good point about Austin and how there's so many growing brands. I think of so many brands in Texas boot brands, you know, and just, it would be so cool to do fashion law. I think we both have a big, it's a huge part of our lives. Like, I don't, if you don't know Haley and I personally, which most of you don't, um, we're super into fashion. Like, yeah. of course, we don't get to focus on it as much as we're like in law school. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's like one of, I would say one of our passions, to be yeah. honest. Um, I've always so. loved like clothes and beautiful things that are, wearable. (laughs) I feel like that's weird to say, but you know, sometimes people say like, Oh, that's materialistic. But in reality, I don't, I mean, I just can't deny the fact that like, even when I was sad, when I was growing up, I would go in my closet and rearrange my clothes because that would make me happy. Like I'm just like that. And I have always kept up with brands. I've always kept up with the new trends. And I think fashion, I mean, my dream job before I ever wanted to go to law school was to work for a brand, you know? So it wouldn't be that far-fetched. Yeah. I mean, I remember when I transferred to UGA, I was this close to changing my major to fashion merchandising, but still going to law school. But I was just in too deep with political science. Like, there was just no way I was going to possibly change, like, yeah. two years it of take my like, work. Two more years. Exactly. But 
I mean, it's, yeah. So I'm so happy that we were able to have her on. And if you guys have any more questions, um, maybe we can have her on again or we can do an Instagram live. I know that, you know, we probably weren't even able to cover half of what we actually wanted to talk about because, you know, we only have a 40 minute Zoom um, allowance that our school gives us. But um, yeah, uh, I had a great time. Yeah, she was very, very cool, and it was a great person. And it honestly, for us. Made, it made me really excited to see um, another attorney and like kind of a glimpse into the future of like what that looks like, you know? Yeah, I'm, that, and I hope we ask the questions that you guys would want to know. And like Samantha said, if you have any questions more, you know, don't hesitate to reach out and let us know what else you'd like to know from current attorneys and people practicing today. Exactly. If you guys have any attorneys that you look up to and they're doing something really cool or they're working in a niche that's like not, you know, fashion laws is not like huge. You know what I'm saying? So if you have anyone like DM us their Instagram or their website and we will try to get them on here. Yeah. And as always, guys, don't forget to follow us on Instagram, like us on Facebook, check out our Facebook page if you're interested, and we'll talk to you again next week. Yep. Bye. Bye.